0: Children's box Why, what, and how? Use eight and Kate will break it down for you now. Dun-un da uh isn't that the next part? Is it? People only the next part? Yeah. I thought it was just like dun da 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 and then you scream. It's John Williams. Well yeah, it's John Williams. Of course Williams. there's the next part. Oh, that's true. He does scores yeah. and I, stuff like that. I saw him live once. What? Yeah. That's really cool. I sure. would love to see John Williams. Just but even just like eating a bagel. I, I wouldn't <laughs> really need him to have to do anything else. Is that John Williams getting a parking ticket? Is he fighting it? <laughs> what is he doing? Oh, he's accepting it. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. Story checks out. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. So speaking of stories to check out. How's that for a transition? That was nice. You like that? That, that was nice. pretty good. Yeah. Uh, what's, what's our story, mister? Uh, we have a podcast. A podcast. cast. A cast pod, as you were. Why is it called a pod cast? Uh, I get the casting part, but why I get why the, the casting the because we need to cast this. Obviously, right. we're just actors right. playing these parts. And uh, yeah, the pod part, because you'd play it on an iPod? Oh, really? Maybe. I don't know. I just came up with that, and it's possible. I know it's it sounds weak. Even as I say it, it sounds weak. But but I if don't. you're yeah. But anyway, we have a podcast. We do. <laughs> Where we talk about children's picture books and whether they are classics. Everything you say is true. It took me a really long time to say that for some. Yeah, reason. I know. I was watching okay. your lips, and I was like, "She's gonna make it. She's gonna get to the <laughs> I'm end so of it." So tired. I'm so there, and she. Yeah, you are so tired. You were literally in your PJs. <laughs> like. Words are hard. (laughs) Yeah, and I I should tell people, she's in her PJs, and I thought, oh, you know, because it's it's 9.45 at night, so it's not too bad. And I just figured, oh, (laughs) Kate's Kate's a little sleepy, she's gotten her PJs early today. (laughs) Kate works for home, people. Sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. See, that's the problem with working at home, is that there is no separation between... Yeah. Home and work and back and on the podcast. Let's like see. Back on the podcast. <laughs> that thing, Sorry. I just wanted to talk about that. So today's book uh, is near and dear to my heart, which kind of gives away the game, um, or at least its creator. I'll say is near and dear to my heart, uh, and and the creator is uh, indeed alive. He's alive. I know. I, I I have a guess. Ooh, what's your guess? John Sheshka. Damn your eyes! <laughs> Am I right? You're totally right because I'm gonna pull out the book. now. I, I only know one book that he did though. Wait, what one book do you know? Uh, the Stinky Cheese Man. Well, guess what book we're doing? Stinky Cheese Man. Wait, so have you, have you actually read this book? I read it when I was a kid. Wow. So we're actually—is this the first book that you remember reading? No, I as remember a kid. reading like Goodnight Moon and Okay Hungry Caterpillar. Okay, I just right. don't remember like all the details. Like right. I remember this title. Sure. And I remember the name because I can't pronounce well, it. Well, and let's say the full title for the people at home: uh, the Stinky Cheese Man. Oh, there's more. Yeah, and the other stupid. Well, and, and the, others. Oh, well, and other fairly stupid tales. Yes, that is correct. <sighs> yes, it's a long title, and in fact, I was a little hesitant to bring it because, in terms, okay, not this page. Like I opened it up, and there's like literally <laughs> it's maybe like a, it's twelve like a... words on the page. But no, okay, whoa, there we go. There's a lot of text. There's a lot of text. Jeez I know. And so I'm like, shoot. I was like holding off on doing Eloise because there was so much text. And what? then I bring this and look at this. There's just like chock full of words here, mister. Well, in what was it? That Seuss Zoo book. Oh, well, Seuss. Yeah. Seuss always fools you. You're always like, oh, this will take like five minutes to read. And then it's like, you know, half. Right. it's an hour later. So wait. So So this is a bunch of done. stories in one book. Uh yes, so am I reading the Stinky Cheese Man or am I You're reading, reading the whole damn all book, of them. girl? All, yeah. of them. all of them. Okay. It's a it's a compendium okay. in picture book form. Yes, and oh, we should say uh, it was written by John Shaska, but uh, but illustrated by uh, Lane Smith, and uh, it is it is noteworthy, uh, Lane Smith, and so yes, you just you just take that. Do not fall asleep while reading it, and uh, yeah, you just get back to me there. Okay, alright. Alright, 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 alright. Right. So, while Kate is doing her read, let's do a little uh, little background information on dear old Stinky Cheese Man. So, according to Anita Silvey, the great children's literature expert, in her Children's Book A Day Almanac uh, site online, which was just delightful if you ever go there, all the archives are still there. She wrote about Stinky Cheese Man on one of those days. Now, Anita used to work for Horn Book Magazine, so this will give it a little context here about how was this book received when it came out. And we'll get to why it was a bit of a divisive uh, book, but here's what she wrote. Quote, The Stinky Cheese Man completely divided the Horn Book review staff. Some thought this book too sophisticated for children, relying, as it does, on an understanding of the story being spoofed. Others thought it hilarious on every page and spot on for the audience. At that time, we held review meetings where everyone came to the office to argue about which books would appear in the next issue. I sent people back to their libraries and classrooms to try out the book with children. Those who were dubious to begin with, said children, found it confusing. Uh, those who loved the book found a ready audience. As is so often true, research with children sometimes tells us more about the researcher than the child. At that point, I realized I was witnessing the kind of controversy that greets classic children's books as they come into the world. This is one of my favorite things about the Stinky Cheese Man, so thank you, Anita. Oh, we're back. Yes, I'm, yeah. here. I'm here. I'm awake. You Let's ready? do this. I'm very impressed. That's a very long book. Woo! Woo! Yeah. Says you. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, so uh, how do we even tackle this is my question, because this is, this is the first self-aware picture book we've done I believe yeah like other picture books have not been aware that they are picture books no and I've lived in sweet sweet ignorance yes yeah but I like this I like that it breaks the mold from the very beginning oh yes um actually I have a whole thing on that can I can you do the masterpiece theater uh theme song while I do this is that the, uh... This book ushered in a whole new era of children's picture books, the breaking down of the fourth wall. Without this book, there never could have been a pigeon driving a bus or a Frenchman asking you to press here. From this old-fashioned form, think of the fractured fairy tales on Rocky and Bullwinkle, John broke open the very borders and constraints of the children's literature pictodom itself. Beautifully tied (laughs) Beautiful Yes So there you are Three, two, one This is context Okay what'd you say? Nothing, go on You were saying So uh, this is just a So I'm reading the introduction Mm -hmm. And I already have some weird pet peeve That like irks me Mm -hmm. Is it a clown? No, no clowns No clowns But there's two spaces next to the word but Yes Why? I don't know. It's done on purpose, clearly. But it's nowhere else in the book. That So I don't well, think Well, maybe it, it was in lieu of an ellipsis. Maybe they didn't like ellipses. That's the plural there's of ellipses, right? A little but, there's no, but you don't put two spaces in the middle of a sentence. Hmm. Yeah. It is a little peculiar. It's, yeah. I will grant you your mysterious space. Thank you. Okay. So I'm just going to go through these stories, I guess, as... um Sure. As I do. Mm. Uh, First of all, is it okay to say stupid? Yes. Because. Some people don't like it. Yeah. I feel like. There have been objections on the adult side, yeah. Yeah. The word stupid, and then if you read this and then you call another kid stupid, like that's. I'm assuming that would be a problematic issue. To be fair, I just read a James Baldwin uh, picture book, the only one he ever wrote, and the word ass came up so often. Really? Oh, the word ass. Hmm. But I feel like kids know the word "stupid" more than the word "ass." Yeah, well, they're allowed to say it as no. opposed to the word "ass." Well, well, I don't know. Some not... I feel like I wasn't allowed to. You can't call oh, someone no. stupid. No, right? no, no. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, well, it's... she's not a sympathetic character, right? Well, and it's like all throughout yeah. the book, the word "stupid" comes up. So I'm like, right? Well, it's I, I it just is, wonder to if, to be like, fair, do librarians... title. Right. It's in the title. Right. It's fairly stupid tales. I mean, do librarians take like white out and just like go <laughs> oh, over the Oh, you know it? someone might have somewhere. <laughs> I mean, but it's... no, as a group, no. I mean, all these animals are naked. You might as well put little like tidy whiteys on them. Yes. Yeah. To... <laughs> librarian... Please remember, folks, Like, libra... like one librarian did that. One. <laughs> it was widely proven. that librarians didn't do that. Patrons do that. I have actually opened up books. There was a Eric Carl book about Adam and Eve. And some patron had cut out little cardboard clothes and, and or not cardboard, um, construction paper clothes and mm-hmm. pasted them down on the character's naked bodies. I'd so. like to see it on all these characters because they're all naked. Well, yes. <laughs> and so is Donald Duck for that matter. Well, okay. So he always doesn't wear pants. It's interesting because some of these characters are drawn in the style of um, Picasso. Yeah, like so we got a little uh, little Smith going chicken on. Chicken looking here is, uh, and then a little, kind of the fox at the very end mm-hmm. uh, with the eyes. Yeah. I mean, the head is also turned, but it's right. more Chicken looking though. Sure, it's yeah. like, oh yeah. yeah. But I like how pretty much every story has its own kind of art mm-hmm. going on. Mm-hmm. Whether it's, um, you know, like Picasso or you got the Princess and the Pea that's more of a collage. Like yes. Pieces of paper have either been... Ripped or cut and like mm-hmm. pasted on Which I thought was really nice um, Though with the princess and the bowling ball story It's like the princess and the pea But instead of a pea it's a bowling ball Yep. The very end of the story It says, and everyone lived happily Though maybe not completely honestly Let's be clear, it's only the prince <laughs> That is not living honestly Everyone else has no idea So it's just one person just one That's person. not living honestly Well it does say everyone It doesn't say
1: yeah. And everyone
0: lived happily, though maybe not completely honest. Well, I could say, though maybe not everyone lived completely. But that's a lot of words. You can read between the lines as to which of the members of the story were not completely honest. I don't know. That honest. just kind of makes it sound like everyone. Maybe, I mean, maybe. Well, do you live completely honestly in your life? Of course I do. As do I. So <laughs> what else could we possibly think? But yes. Um. Speaking of art styles, you know there's the collage. I feel like the real Ugly Duckling story kind of gets its inspiration from uh, Tim Burton. Oh uh, yeah, With the, there's uh, a little Henry Selick going on there. I'd say uh, yes, though. Remember, this did come out in ninety two, so that wasn't kind of the midst of the of the height of the Tim Burton craze. I'd say yeah, Okay. Yeah. When um, he was still good. Hey. Oh, I said it. Hey. I said. It. I'm sorry. What was his last good film? Um Frank I like Frank and Weenie. Yeah, he made that years ago. It wasn't that was that was his first film and then But he... then but then it actually came yeah, out. Because it's based on his first film. So yeah, that's I've... old Tim Burton technically. So no 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 no. No no. Whatever. There is no good recent Tim Burton. Uh the frog oh, the uh the, I like the uh, the collage of the random insects on the tongue. Yes. It's like, that's... Although, you know, all of a sudden there's Florida in here. Because ah. it's fla. Fly, 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 fly. It reminds me of that old Paula Poundstone routine on... Uh, if you go to Florida and the bugs, she's like, if you, if you see a bug in Florida, you don't throw a brick at it. Because then you've given the bug a weapon. <laughs> I'm like, yep. That's funny. It's yes, true. I like Palpasso. I know. Um But it was this story of the other Frog Prince that it reminded me of. Have you ever seen those YouTube videos um, called How It Should Have Ended? Oh, yes. Like, I love How It Should Have Ended. Yeah, that's what this story reminded yeah, me of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, this is, of course, this is how the Frog Prince should have ended. Yeah. Well, and, and then later, John, I believe, did a Frog Prince Continued picture book. Um, but with a different artist. Hmm. I mean, just, I mean, there's not really... You can't really go far with the story. It's frog trince, tricks Princess to kiss him and pops yeah. But then it because... has, has frog-like uh, qualities that continue post-humanizing. Huh. There are issues involved. Okay. Yeah. Um, Little Red Riding Hood... This is the first time I was like, I did not see that coming. <laughs> I should say Little Red Running Shorts, not Little Red Running. Yeah, Little Red Running Shorts. Where right. the narrator completely uh, gives away the entire story, mm-hmm. and he says, So sit back, relax, and enjoy this story. And the characters are like, no, man. You totally just ruined everything. You gave yeah. away... Man, no. I'm, I'm going home. I'm <laughs> noticing for the first time that the wolf... Did you ever read... The True Story of the Three Little Pigs by A Wolf. This okay, that was actually the first book that John Cheska and Lane Smith did together. It was it was the book that lifted them to great heights of fame. And that's exactly what the wolf looked like in that book. So it's interesting. they it's sort of a callback. Hmm. Callback. With the spectacles and the bow tie. Yeah, he definitely had spectacles. Can't be completely convinced about the bow tie. But I'd say there's a fifty percent chance that he does have a bow tie in that book. But why are Laura Riding Hood's feet so dirty? Like Isn't that his feet? No, his feet are quite big, hers are quite large. Right, low. but oh you can see they both are leaving footprints. Some are are wolfy prints with toes, and some of them are oh, booty prints. I do see. Not booty prints. Okay, that would be weird. See. Boot I didn't say Boot. anything. We talking about <laughs> Moving on. But why are their feet so dirty?
1: Why I don't are they, know. Why are they They've been walking woods? in the
0: woods. I'm, your feet would be dirty walking in the woods, too. I mean, they're only walking from the house to the white but, page. Yeah, but maybe the, the house is filled. Maybe it was a maybe it was a sod house in, on the floor. It had sod flooring. Yeah. Uh, floor of sod. Sure. Soddy sod. So, I'm looking at this um, Jack and the Giant story. Mm-hmm. And... Jack decided or the giant, like, is cutting up this book, right? Right. And there's all these pages that are just flying all over. Mm-hmm. But I'm looking really closely at this snippet, and it has the word warden in it. What book has the word warden that the giant would be, like, tearing apart? I have no idea. Curious... George got jailed, but there wasn't a warden in charge of him. Like, I can tell above it, it says, a rope over. Then it says, warden... Okay, I'm gonna say it was wind in the willows. There may have been a warden in that, though I don't think the word warden came up. Uh, hmm. If you, gentle listeners, know which children's book has the word warden in it, please tell us at fusek 8 at (laughs) gmail.com. And then we get to this to the giant story, where this might actually be my favorite, where it's just <laughs> a bunch of random fairytales. Oh, tale... there's a Struvelpater reference. Sorry, see that hand with the long fingernails? Mm-hmm. That's from a book called Struvelpater. We'll save that for another day. Oh, I think I know that. It's creepy. Oh. It's creepy. Yeah. 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 I lived with a clown, remember? He, oh, he, kept he probably loved cr- it. Yes, he, he he kept creepy books. Oh, that was in the bathroom. <laughs> of course it was. Where else would you keep your shockheaded Peter? Yeah. But no, the giant story is cool because it takes all the different snippets of random fairy-, fairy tale sayings and just kind of lumps them together. Aww. The end of the evil stepmother. Uh, I'll give you three wishes. The beast changed into seven dwarfs. Happily ever after. For a spell, it'd be cast by the witch once upon a time. I love that story. And the, <laughs> and the collage that's next to it has so many different Yeah, uh, he's doing a bunch of stuff. Well, there. no, she is. She's it's the illustrator, right, that's doing this? Lane's a dude, dude. Oh. Lane's, Lane's a boy. Lane's a boy. Lane's a boy, man. I don't know that he's a dude. So he He's a duty dude. Mr. Lane is mm-hmm. doing lots of stuff. I feel like I'm getting a little like Streganona mm-hmm. in here with the with this lady. Oh, I don't know who that is. That may be, boy, I, he's doing a bunch of references here that I'm not necessarily I mean, getting. That looks like, a, no, I would say that's a Hansel and Gretel witch, uh, but, but I can't identify the A$AP, illustrator. Aesop's Fables Yeah, it's an Aesop. Feel a little Monty Python on the bottom. Right. He's got <laughs> 4 and 20 blackbirds baked into pie at the top. Somewhere out there, there is an annotated version of this picture where every single one of those pictures has been identified. Hmm. And again, with Jack's story, this is the second time where I was like, I did not yeah. see that coming. Yeah. But I love how much creative freedom there is in all of these stories. Like, you're allowed to, like, break all the rules. It's crazy they were allowed to. I mean, honestly, there nothing like this had come out like this before this book. Um. Well, okay, that's not fair. Nothing like this had come out like this before this book that actually was popular. <laughs> and so, and I, people loved Loved, loved to this day. This book. I mean, it is a very well. The first part of the title is very memorable. I couldn't have told you that there's a second part. That's okay. Subtitles are meant to be forgotten. (laughs) But yeah, I I mean, I I like how much creative freedom. Yeah, the the font just gets tiny. There's tons of it and just gets. He's repeating the same story over and 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 the font just. I mean, it never ends. It goes right to the very edge of the page, and you can just assume that it keeps going after that. Yeah, yeah. Is this the giant that's supposed to be outside of Cinderella's house that's holding on to the narrator? Why would there be a giant outside of Cinderella's house? Because it's still the narrator that's telling the story. Well, let's check out the nose. Is it the same nose on the same giant? Yeah, yeah, I guess it is. So he's kind of like... So the narrator has taken himself and the giant into other stories. I, I think that's that was very clever. That is correct. And but, the stories are starting to mix and meld at this point. Yeah, we you've got. got, a got little... Cinder Rumpelstiltskin. Or the girl who really blew it. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. And I like it because we've done a Rumpelstiltskin. Um, which yeah. Okay, now I gotta do my math here. This book came out in ninety two. No, the Rumble by Paul Zelensky would have come out before this. Yeah, so. I was really hoping that there was gonna be like some sort of Yeah, there would have like been a coin. On or the, yeah, no. yeah, no. No, no. Said it's just a creepy Tim Burton character. Yep. That's, very creepy. Yeah. He loves those triangle noses, my lord. Yeah. But I like how in the Tortoise and the Hare, haha, mm-hmm. uh-huh. the, the tortoise's hair is taunting. The tortoise by going yeah 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 yeah. I love any use of nya nya in anything. <laughs> but it surprised me that the the title of this book, the Stinky Cheese Man, mm-hmm. is at the very end. Yeah, you got to work towards it. They're not just going to give you the Stinky Cheese Man at the beginning. It's like when you put the milk in the back of the grocery store, and the people have to go all the way to the back of the grocery store to get the milk or the cheese. Oh, uh-huh. See what you did there? Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> We're not related. No, <laughs> no sir. But I like the uh, the the details all around the stinky cheese man and what he's killing in the process. Like he's he's killed a skunk, which is impressive. It is impressive. He's killed all these plants around him. Um, you know, there's just a hint of Terry Gilliam in this art. Oh yeah, yeah. Just and it's not oh, and it's not I mean, so obvious, but th- that shot of the cow with its jaw that is dropped to the ground at uh-huh. the at the odor, that's very Monty Python esque. And yeah, and as I said, the the collage earlier mm-hmm. that's totally has the Monty Python foot. Mm-hmm. Yep. But then, so we get to the end of the story, and then I forgot about that. St- stupid hen Oh, the hen drives me mad And the thing is, I can't read this story anymore Because this book has ruined that hen for me So anytime I read a a version of the little red hen I see her in my mind's eye Thanks, John and Lane But It affected my brain She's turned into a sandwich She is, well that sounds delicious (laughs) So, I can't fault that But, and here's a question for you So on the very last page, it's the, uh, you know, all the different, what do you call these? Just the publishing. Uh, pu- pu- where it's pubbed around the world. Right. Yeah. yeah. So publishing. on that page, there's like a little picture below it of, I'm guessing that's a moldy piece of cheese. Yeah, I would agree. What is that sticking? It's a toothpick. a toothpick. That's a toothpick. With a ribbon? Yeah, haven't you ever had like... A fancy oh. sandwich where they put like that little cellophane ribbony thing oh, that's on the what toothpick. That is. It is kind of bizarre. I've the um, the attention to detail. Sublime. <laughs> yeah, I assume that's the missing wedge from the Sneaky Cheese Man, because remember he's got one wedge missing from himself, see? Oh. So I think that's gotta be his wedge. I did. That not somehow see ended that up in the back of the book. It's very nice. You know, and I regret, I was going to bring tonight and I completely forgot. I have. A little stuffed Stinky Cheese Man. Now, in and of itself, that's cute. But he's notable because you can make him run. And the way you make him run is you stick your fingers down the back of his pants. And then he's so top-heavy that when you make him run in his little teeny tiny feet, his head just bobs back and forth. Like, He is my favorite... uh, children's literature toy based on a, on a on a picture book of all time because he just doesn't work. Where did you get this? I don't know. I don't know where I get anything. I just get things. I got him years ago, way before I had kids. Is there a tag attached of like who made it? Yeah, it's one of, there is a company um, and it, well there's one company called Yo Toy. I don't know if he's from there, but there's a company that actually specializes in picture book stuffed animals. That'd be cool to link to, uh... I will link to him yeah. if and if he is still in print. But I assume he's still in print, and because he is one of my, f- <laughs> if you want to have a fun time, I am half inclined just to make a GIF of me making him run back and forth <laughs> like, ah! like that. Um, it is one of but my. But that's you things. doing the sound effect, not the toy. Oh yeah, he doesn't make a sound. Right, he just f- fails to run well. It's so funny. This is the kind of stuff that amuses me, folks. All right, Sticky Cheese Man. So, very strange thing in terms of that poll that I did on Top Picture Book. So, I did it two times, if you recall. And the first time I did it, uh, he came in at number 36. Well done there. Mm -hmm. Second time, plunged to 91. Barely made it onto the top 100 at all. And I'm not sure what that says about the state of the world. Now, mind you, this poll was conducted, the second one was conducted eh, six years ago. If I were to do the poll again... How much again, time was there in between the polls? Like two years. Hmm. If that. Yeah. They were very closely linked. So, yeah. Strange. I was thinking maybe because one was closer to when it was released, and then the next time you did it... it well, was... it was released in 92. I yeah. mean, that's, that's the kooky thing. And in many ways, it's interesting, because this was right at the beginning of the 90s. And I'll be mentioning another... 90s picture book. A little later in this podcast, uh, that has not aged uh, as well. Um, This book has aged supremely well. I mean, there's nothing. You could publish this book today, and you wouldn't have to change a thing. Right. There's not a not a word, not a picture. I might change that word warden, but uh... warden. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Noted. Putting it in the book. Change it just seems so weird. Warden. Why? Why would that be like? Um, why would you include? Surely that's a reference to something. My I it's is the Kate, only thing but I can figure out. Because- Surely. <laughs> <sighs> <sighs> yeah. Moving on. So John <laughs> was a teacher. <laughs> Sheska. Rhymes with fresca. Sheska. 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 It's Polish. Um, <laughs> Sheska. Sheska means the road, apparently. Oh. Um, Yes, random facts I know about John Sheska. Uh, He was a teacher of third graders, I think. Could have been fourth graders. I could have looked that fact up. I didn't. (laughs) Um, He wrote his first book, uh, which was, of course, The True Story of the Three Little Pigs, um, with Blaine Smith, and instant fame and fortune followed. Basically, sort of, kind of. Not really. This was the one that put him on the map. um, And it won a lovely Caldecott Honor. Wah, 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 did not win the award. Um, and to this day, Lane Smith has never won the gold. That's too bad. It is too bad, but he might this year. Uh, because this year, I'm very, very happy to say, he's got a new book out with Julie Fogliano called A House That Once Was, and I am convinced it is one of his most beautiful books. Um, so maybe. He could win it this year? From my mouth to God's ears. Um, as for John, uh, he's paired with his son-in-law on a new uh, chapter book series called uh, Astronuts. So, there you go. You can see? Made you laugh. There you go. Okay. All, mission accomplished <laughs> already. Oh, uh, when it came out, uh, mm, reviews were mixed. I bet. Yeah. Some of them liked it. Not Publishers Weekly. Uh, Who said, uh, quote, grade school irreverence abounds in this compendium of extremely brief, fractured fairy tales, which might as well be subtitled All Things Gross and Giddy. All Things Gross and Giddy? Is that like a reference to All Things Bright and Beautiful? which has n- nothing to d- anyway. It's not for you people, it's for <sighs> kids and I'm pretty sure kids Oh, it goes on though. I'm sure it does. The collaborators' hijinks are evident in every aspect of the book from end papers to copyright notice. However, the zaniness and deadpan delivery that have distinguished their previous work may strike some as overdone here. That's the point. Like tut tut child, I'm not done yet. Uh, uh- <laughs> This book's tone is often frenzied It's rather specialized humor Delivered with a rapid-fire pacing of a string of one-liners At times seems almost mean-spirited And then I got a Calcutt honor, so I mean, well, yeah, I mean No, I can not The word stupid does come up a lot Yeah, no, 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 the word stupid comes up a lot And the great debate of stupid I should do a blog post on the word stupid in children's literature I need to make a list of all books containing stupid. Not stupidity, just stupidness. Or calling someone stupid. Or calling someone stupid that would count. Yeah, that's because that's that's my one really qualm other than the two spaces past, uh, after of after. I love that, that is that bothers me. Like Ugh. the typography. Like why doesn't Kate like the book that much? Typography. It's like a, oh, I hate it when you put, there's no reason to put two spaces in a sentence. So I made sure that I got an early edition of this book. Now there, there have, there was a sort of an anniversary edition that came out, but I, I don't know if this one, is this one actually, no, it's not first edition, but um, it's definitely not that much later. This appears to be the 36th printing of the dang book. So, wow. Yeah, and it, and it's not even the new edition that has come out recently. So That's awesome. Oh, look, it says in teeny, teeny, tiny type right at the bottom, anyone caught telling these fairly stupid tales will be visited in person by the Stinky Cheese Man. It actually says that. <laughs> but he fell apart. Well, apparently they made a second one. So. <laughs> Ratings time! <laughs> bop, 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 bop. Ratings time! So, ah. What do we think? Um I like it when a book catches me off guard. Yeah. I like it when it kind of makes me go, "Wait, I'm so, what? Mm-hmm, wait." Mm-hmm. And but but for a good reason. Mm-hmm. Not for a <laughs> you have a bully and your parents are ignoring you sort of issue like mm-hmm. that makes you go, "Wait, what?" No, mm-hmm. wait. No, wait. What? Mm-hmm. But this is a um this is cool. The different ways of and I feel like this could be inspiring to Authors to break the mold You know, try something new And it did Uh, The knockoffs of this were abounded Uh. And continue to abound to this day Um, It sort of redefined the whole Fractured fairy tale idea To a certain extent I like that though Yeah, no, I like like that It's just, if it works once Then it's gonna be done a million times By a million other people But I like the different kinds of art I like the collages I like the... Um, you know trying like the picasso way the mm-hmm. tim burton way the you know and um and i remembered the title of course i didn't remember a single thing inside of it mm-hmm. <laughs> but i remembered the title yeah that's all right a... it, had a, it had a sequel too kind of squids will be squids was kind never of a sequel never heard of that yeah that's fine <laughs> okay <laughs> you know hasn't america moving on but uh would i call this a classic mm. Well, the big debate at the time was whether or not kids would like it. And the thing is,
1: people forget this. You've read
0: this to your kids. No, I haven't, actually. Well, I did to Lily years ago. I haven't recently. Um, I didn't really have a time to to read this one to them tonight. Um, But the thing that I've found is that people always forget this, that picture books are not just for little itty-bitties. Fourth graders, fifth graders get a lot out of this. Um, because, and then can sort of imitate it on their own and do their own takes on, you know, taking classics and twisting them, which has sort of been John's shtick, uh, in some ways. Like, he did a book, man, he did this book called Battle Bunny, where it is designed to look like a cheapo little, like, little golden book that some kid has drawn all over. Um, and has turned, it was it, which is originally called the Birthday Bunny, and he's drawn and crossed out words and turned it into the Battle Bunny. And it's about him, like, battling for, like, dominance over the forest creatures, and then he's defeated by Abraham Lincoln and a super-powered kid. It's amazing. It is amazing. Hmm. Uh, and very much related to this book, too. But, yeah, no, kids like this book. It wouldn't continue to be this popular if kids just flushed it down the toilet every time they saw it, so. Right. And... If you say the stinky cheese man chances are you know I would say eight out of ten times people are going to recognize the title I agree they might not remember what it was about no but they recognize that name yeah and I think that's significant yeah yeah um so because I would assume eight out of ten would at least remember that and mm-hmm. because I liked all the things inside of it minus mm-hmm. you know the the two spaces in that sentence and I love that that keeps coming up <laughs> hate that so much I would I would say eight. Eight out of ten. All right. And I was thinking, and I swear to God, this is true, 8.2. Why the point i I'm just not quite comfortable with 8.3. But it's better than 8.1. I mean, I think we can all agree. It's, like, better than 8.1, right? Oh, Am I right? And this is why this is you're the Chaos Muppet, this is, and I'm ah! the Order Muppet. I don't know. I still don't get that. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. 8.2. It's a classic! Yeah. 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 D. Lightful. And it's and it's illustrated by a man. By a man, baby. In right. fact, he okay, and I should say there was Slain there was a, a book man. that came out last year. He illustrated a book. It was a book of uh poetry. And uh it was done by like the producer of How I Met Your Mother. Um it is uh it was one of the f- it it was it was one of the funniest poetry collections since Shell Silverstein I'd say right up there With Shel Silverstein It was called I'm Just No Good at Rhyming And Other Nonsense For Mischievous Kids And Immature Grown Ups It was by Chris Harris And there was a long Running joke in there About the author Thinking Lane Smith Was a woman And having to be corrected By Lane Smith That he is in fact a man I'm yeah, Okay so I'm at least I'm glad I'm not the only one Who I guess because I thought Lois Lane And then Lane Bryant Oh sure That's what I think of oh. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, this that is makes stuff. more sense because it's a first name, Mine's Exactly. Not a last name. But right, so but I've been go. thinking, of you know, because she just recently passed away, true. so she was, true, in, true, 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 true. she was in my mind and Lane. So, so there you go, down. Lane Smith. You're a dude. <laughs> You're a dude. A dude. <laughs> Way to go. Dude. Well done on being a dude. All right, letters oh. and letters and letters and letters and letters. So so people are still listening. So far, so good. All so right. this one's huge. This, there's two of them. They're both very good, but this first one really I loved. So remember. We made an offhanded comment, uh, pro- possibly in the last one, uh, about the fact that there are so many Berenstain bear books. That you could freaking do a podcast of them if you wanted to. Yeah, we were like Stein versus Stain. Yeah, exactly. Steen, Stein, Stein. Steen, Stein. 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 Yes. Stein. Berenstain! Yes. Yes. I still think that should be a movie. But <laughs> uh, So Stephanie, the third sister, writes in, and she says, uh, she directed me via Twitter to a Berenstain Bears podcast That Not only does this exist It's continuing to be recorded It's called Deep in Bear Country They're up to episode 148 uh, Which is The Trouble with Grown Ups So baby I listened to A lot of The Trouble with Grown Ups I actually listened to it On my way here tonight And I gotta say I was worried Because I was like Okay so they've done 148 of these Are they making Fun of them all the way through? Are they dead seriously like loving Mm -hmm. Barons? I mean, you gotta have some affection with it if you're gonna be keeping with it a hundred and freaking forty-eight episodes. Yeah. So it's a mix. I think they do clearly care about the books to a certain extent, but they are not afraid to make fun of it. But what I love about it is that I think they're based out of Minneapolis, and the guy in charge of it clearly knows these books so well that he can bring up like what is and what is not canon. And he can bring up like side characters that come up. That's the level of detail they're working with here. But at the same time, they're not afraid to make fun of... Because the book that I listened to, The Trouble with Grown Ups, came out in 1992. And the whole problem that the kids have with the grown ups is the grown ups are complaining because their kids are stealing parts of the newspaper before they get to read it. And they're tying up the landline. So 1992 was a really long time ago. Um, So I do recommend... in the second grade. I haven't listened to (laughs) Bear and St. Bears and the Bully, which clearly they must have done by now. So I'm going to be seeking that one out. Okay. See what their take is on it. Okay. I will report back. But for folks who are curious, I actually do recommend Deep in Bear Country, the (laughs) podcast. Uh, So that's the first one. Thank you, Stephanie, for, for drawing my attention. The other one comes from Cassandra. Um, and she was referring to our last episode about, uh, King Bidgood in the bathtub. Mm. And she says, um, I wanted to point out that whenever the awkward hedgehog, or whatever the awkward hedgehog is, there are actually two of them. What? Yeah, there are. She's absolutely right. I did check this later, and, because I haven't returned the book to the library yet. And, uh, she says, on the page you showed the image of above, and the other one is in a direct left and has paws. They're also in the bathtub banquet scene. One facing left is just above the hearts, above the mini-sheep, and the other one, which I love that she said mini-sheep, <laughs> and the other one facing right is just right of the swan's face, and I wish I could help you out with the hors d'oeuvres, but they just look like miniature prickly pear cacti to me. Yeah, what, why would, wh- what is that? Why would you eat prickly pear cacti you know? as any kind of an appetizer? Why are there or... two hedgehogs? Because, to even it out. Are they hedgehogs? Because, no, they might be lions. They may be lions. Because I, I looked at them in one of the scenes, and it's possible that they're a lot. Li- okay. If you know... Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> if Hi The illustrations were great. Yeah. How can you confuse a hedgehog with a lion? Well, I mean, they're kind of the same, right? They got, like, a mane of... Hedgehog, Betsy. Yeah. They got, like, a maney thing. They got, like, the, the, the prickles. The prickles it's, come it's out in a mane-like. mane-like... It can be in a mane-like fashion. No, it's all over. It's... But the way that the shot is in the book, it could like it cuts off at the chin, so it could be a mane of a yawning lion, or it could be a yawning hedgehog. I'm going with hedgehog. Okay, because hedgehogs are small and would fit on a cake. So yeah, yeah, that's just logic. And it, that's kind, just and they're kind of cute. <laughs> they are kind of cute and would make a good. You didn't say what your um, tattoo in this book would be, by the way. Oh, that's true. Yeah, and I would like to be while you decide. I would like to point out, so there is a bookseller in Florida, and she has made it her life's mission to, she will find illustrators of great classic works of children's literature. She will get them to sign their favorite character on her arms. Then she immediately goes out and gets them tattooed on. Oof. She has a stinky cheese man from Lane Smith on her arms. And I, I'm i happy to say she actually got it from Lane Smith because John Cheska has a <laughs> habit... Of signing books as Lane Smith He can draw a pretty good Chinky Cheese Man With a pen if given uh, the chance to do so And I have seen him sign I have something that's signed as Lane Smith uh, With a Stinky Cheese Man I don't remember what the book was But yeah That's my tattoo Pater's right hand would be your tattoo Yeah well, just get the book Pater for crying out loud. But I want this one. You yeah. want that one? And I want the... Oh, the, that's kind of sweet. I want the fingernails to kind of be going along like veins, you know? Yeah, well, they do. Yeah. I would like the uh, the scissor man who chops off bad children's thumbs who uh, suck their thumbs at night. Where is that in here? He's not in there. He's in Pater. I'm just going straight to the source, baby. Oh. No, you have to... What would you... The would... red-legged scissor man. I'm sorry, people. I, I mispronounced his name. You no, know, what tattoo would you get from this book? From this book, it would be those cutouts of Little Red Riding Hood and the Wolf. I like the white space against the dark background. That would be that would be it. Yep, yep. Except Little Red Riding Hood, her teeth should not be that pointy. Yeah, they're super pointy. Yeah, yeah. But I like how she's doesn't have like long flowing hair and you know yeah, she's, no. she's 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 she got a crop. It's like someone just like put her in a seat and put a bowl on her head and just went, yep. and just cut, cut her hair that way. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, I should say, in this letter, by the way, Cassandra does go on to uh, offer an explanation of the cover of the book. Um, she, As she calls it, the almost Escher girl-like positions of the three of them uh, on that cover. Of, you remember we couldn't figure out oh, the, yeah, yeah. the legs? Where yeah. the legs? She does have an, a, a defense of that, uh, where that might be. Due to the, how the book was printed and how the colors are. And how it could uh, be skirts and then you can't see. Which is a very good point, uh, I think. Okay. Alright. Grown-up things we like. Yes. What do you like, man? So, I like board games. I like them too. And I introduced you and the parents on two separate occasions. Two new board games. One of them is called Geek Out. Um, it's kind of a bidding war against... like It is like poker. Yeah, it's it's yeah. whoever is the biggest geek. Yeah, it's like geek poker. So if you have uh, family members who are into anything from uh, Sherlock Holmes, Xena Warrior Princess, any video games, board games, or sci-fi, or anime, or... Really, anything you could be a geek about. Yeah. Um. There's uh, a game for it, and yeah. you roll a die to pick a category. Um. It asks you, okay, can you name two comic book characters that own tanks? And if you can name two, then it goes to the next person. They I love s- how quickly that that was a question in our thing, and like yeah. everyone, yeah. And then can you name three? Oh, yeah. Can you name four? Mm-hmm. And then whoever can name the most uh, prove it. yep, has to prove it. <laughs> yep. You are welcome to Google search. To uh, make sure that they're being right, actors. not when you're actually coming up with. The, right, right, right. Yeah, no. So like, then, I'll just look that up. I'm right not so man. I'm not very good at that game, but I like playing it. I'm not very good at it either. You and I did the worst on that one. Yeah. Uh, but I was very good on the Greek gods. Yes, you would. Thank you, George O'Connor. So, there you go. Yeah. See, and, and you wouldn't necessarily think Greek gods are geeky. It's just something you. I can... didn't think of Greek gods. Apparently, that's where I geek but, out, baby. But yeah, but that's something people can geek out about. Yeah. So. And then the other game is from the creator of The Awkward Yeti, mm-hmm. which I brought up on this podcast before. Yeah. He started a Kickstarter for a card game called Organ Attack, um, which is you... everyone has uh, four or five organs, and the goal is to attack. Everyone else's organs and get them off the table before they attack yours It's a very loosey-goosey definition of what an organ is so uh, yeah. so an like organ... Barely teeth are organs Yeah Yeah. But you got, you know, skin, liver, uh, gallbladder Eyes Eyes For some reason are also organs Yeah Yep. Yeah. Um, So yeah, and then uh, you, you have to be careful about which audience you play that with Yes Because, you know, you can do things like Give someone cancer of the eyes yeah. And if someone has ever had cancer of the eyes Then they, yeah, they could little... But I don't know I played with people who have had cancer yes. And they had a fine time Yes playing this game. They currently have cancer I <laughs> no, think that's no. also an important point right. to make right. is that They had recovered from it right. And were able to have some distance from it Yeah, right. But if someone does not have distance from a disease Uh yeah, do not. Yeah, it might be a little sensitive. But but it was a fun game and uh, it was a fun game. Yeah, I all I almost won that one. No, I didn't. I I totally lost that one too. Yeah. So yeah. So anyway, that's that's my recommendation. Two excellent. Okay, that's those are great and fun. Uh, so I will now counter them with a graphic novel about escaping Vietnam. Um, Betsy. That's what we call a tone shift. Why didn't you go first? Because yours, uh, I don't know. Actually, sometimes you do depressing ones too. I wasn't sure. <laughs> um, actually, this is a great, this is a great graphic novel It's for adults. It is. This is a grown-up thing I like. Um, remember, I was on a committee where I had to read a whole bunch of grown-up graphic novels, uh, which I did because I was a good girl and I did what I was supposed to do. And this one is called uh, "The Best We Could Do," an illustrated memoir. It's by, and I'm, I'm afraid I don't know how to pronounce this, but I think it's uh, Thai Bui, B-U-I. Um, and it is the story of her parents escaping Vietnam with, I think, four children at the time. Three or four. Um, and it's just really good. Um, she tells the story in a really straightforward way. Um, she certainly has, um, you know, guilt of what her parents have gone through, but then... Her parents just are fascinating people in and of themselves And it really kind of clears up the whole Vietnam thing Which is, you know, can be difficult to figure out what was going on there My knowledge of Vietnam comes primarily from Doonesbury cartoons So, you know, that can be a little skewed Or Forrest Gump <laughs> Yeah, that can also be a, in the opposite direction Can also be a little skewed So, yeah, right in the middle of those two, you know uh, So, yeah, the best we could do an Illustrated Memoir Cool. Cool. Alright. Well, well, I'm glad that we will I'm gonna try and turn this so that we are not ending on Vietnam. We're gonna what? We're gonna end on um Tim Burton and this wacky duck. Yes. We're gonna do that now. Oh the one on the cover of the yes, original Yes, and, and what voice made? would that duck have, Betsy? Um clearly Daffy Duck. What? Yeah. He's got too many teeth. It doesn't matter because the expression on his face is early Daffy Duck. Wait, wait, wait. Try and do Daffy Duck. Well the only see the what he would be doing right here. No 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 no. I can do this. Wait, wait, (laughs) because I'm gonna do the Daffy when Daffy is going, woo, 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 woo! That is early Daffy Duck, and that is exactly what he is saying right now. So, killed that. I killed that. Killed it. I'm gonna go now. All right. I'm Kate. I'm Betsy. Bye. Bye. Fuse 8 and Kate is a fuse number eight production. You can reach us at fusekate eight at gmail.com. You can follow Betsy on Twitter at Fuse8, that's Fuse and 8, E-I-G-H-T. Follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Givens Kime, and our inspector of pungent fromage personages is Drew Etienza. Fuse8 and Kate is a creation of Kate Ramsey and Betsy Bird, and does not reflect the views of school library Journal.